This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Psalm 1, 2, 3 with four verses. He says, unto you I lift up my eyes, O you who dwell in the heavens. And uh, he's saying to God, I'm turning my heart and my thoughts to you. And really, uh, during a Bible study time, that is what we do. That's what we should be doing. It is, it is really attuning our hearts toward the eternal. And, and when you're going through life, uh, a lot of times it is easy to get caught up in the things that are going on around you and forget to tune your heart toward the eternal. Remember, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. You've got a new human spirit, and your heart is going to chase after what it desires. But when you turn your eyes toward God in the morning or, or in the evening when you do your Bible study time, when you tune your heart, when you and I'm not a musical person, but when you tune your heart toward the spiritual things, meaning bring your heart, um, your mind, and your passions in sync with the eternal spiritual things that are of God, that God's kingdom is in you. When you do those things, you prepare yourself for to hear from God. And, and that's what David says here. He says, unto you, I lift up my eyes, O you who dwell in the heavens. Behold, as the eye of the servants look to the hand of their master, as the eye of the maid to the hand of her mistress, so your eyes to eye, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he has mercy on us. And for me, that, that makes me think of it makes me think of the two chihuahuas that live with us. Anytime anybody gets up and goes to the kitchen, all alert is sounded in the canine community that lives at my house. Their ears go up. Most of the time they're sleeping because they have a rough life. It's very difficult to um, sleep all day here at my house. And their life is difficult and hard. And they, ha- they have to worry about they have to worry about eating because you really have anything. Uh, else to do. And and it's not like they don't have bowls of food sitting over there all the time. But anytime anybody goes to the kitchen for human food, all alert is sounded and their eyes are, are watching you and you cannot get away from it. And if they think you're actually going to get some food out of the refrigerator or out of the pantry or the closet, boom, they're running. They're full speed. Here they come. They are flying. They're, they're, they're flying over here and they are at full watch, they're just watching every move you make in case you might drop something. And, and of course, they're not going to eat anything you drop on the floor. They are going a vacuum cleaner. They're going to suck it down their throat all the way to their stomach so you can't even get it out of their mouth. So be careful because you cannot drop anything that you don't want them to eat. They will, if you drop a grape, boom, gone down their throat, nothing you can do about it. And, and they're fast, too. I'm talking about fast. If they could clean the floor like they look for food, Kathleen would never have to sweep them off ever again. They don't do that. They just eat the food. And their hearts are tuned toward that. Their minds are just straightforward. Their minds 
are looking at that. This verse reminds me, it says, Behold, the eyes of servants look to the hand of their masters, as the eyes of the maid to the hand of her mistress. So our eyes to the Lord our God until he has mercy on us. And we, when you turn your heart toward God, then you begin to look for the movements of God, the things that God is doing for you, the things that God's doing that apply to your life, you begin to look for them. And a lot of people say, I don't like that mistress and master and mistress and, and things like that that go on. I, I, I don't believe in, in slavery. You need to understand that <clears throat> the Old Testament idea of slavery, Jewish in, in the Jewish culture, we're not talking about Roman slavery where they capture a nation and take them into captivity. Or we're not talking about Egyptian slavery. We're talking about we're talking about bond servant slavery, which is, by the way, I would guess to the extent of what we're dealing with in the United States. If you said how many bond slaves are there in the United States, I would guess somewhere in the neighborhood adult population, 90 to 95 percent of our country is bond slaves. And what do you mean by that? You made a contract, a bond. That's what that bond is, that contract, that that agreement. You made an agreement with somebody if they would give you money to buy a house, a car, uh, furniture, an Xbox. If you're 19 or 21 years old, you make a make a contract with them and they give you the money and then you're a bond slave to them. That's you have a contractual obligation to them, which they can enforce by law against you and take whatever you have as collateral against that and 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 take it from you, including your paycheck, which is the most important thing that you have is your ability to alienate your labor toward them. You're a bond slave to those folks. You're a bond slave to the mortgage company. You're a bond slave to the car, the place that's financing your car. You're a bond slave to uh, Best Buy or wherever that you might have uh, entered into a contract to get uh, a piece of electronics from. And what they do highly affect your life. And if they're aggressive about it, they can be a they can be a continual thorn in your side and cause you to be poor and nothing. And so it's important when they send you a letter that you read it. It's important that you keep your eye on them and watch them very carefully so that they don't take your home or your car or you don't wake up one morning and the and the tow man has already taken your car out of your driveway and repossessed it. That you see that's a servant to a slave, to a master. And we all have them, by the way. We all have them. We have bosses. Now, we don't call our bosses masters, but they control whether or not we get paid, whether or not we continue to be able to trade our labor for pay. And and I know you're going, well, that's just not, that's that don't sound right. Whether it sounds right or not, it's logically exactly true. The main freedom that we have is the freedom that we can actually exercise. We have the freedom of life. We exercise that by breathing. We have the freedom of, of liberty to move around. We exercise that by doing as we please each day. But the most powerful liberty you have is the ability to trade your trade your well to trade your labor for income. You have the right to decide how you're going to work and where you're going to work and who you're going to work for for your income. And when you go enter into that agreement with whoever you're working for, when you enter that agreement with them and you say to them, I will provide my best labor, and you're going to pay me your best pay for that labor because you value it that much, They're, they become your master. You have traded them your labor for income, and there's nothing wrong with that. 
In fact, that's the way you gain wealth and that's the way you position and move up because not only do you get paid for your labor, you get experience so that you might be better and more valuable and your labor grows and increases in value. It's an investment uh, in yourself when you work and you gain knowledge and, and understanding in it that people pay people to work in and all these things. And, and as I'm saying this, all these things are important. And so when you're at work, your boss's opinion of things matters. When you have a uh, mortgage on your house, the mortgage company's opinion matters. When you have a car loan, the bank's opinion uh, of you matters. And you need to watch that and be mindful of that. When God saw you in your sin and transgressions and, and your lostness, when God saw you in that and he determined that he valued you enough to ransom, and that word is used throughout scripture, to ransom you from sin and death and pay a price to get you out of it. He basically bought you out of hot. He basically purchased you at a price. When God did that, he became your master. And that's why the Apostle Paul throughout the New Testament calls himself a bond slave to Christ. Why? Because he was lost or he was he was in debt to sin. He was a, a servant he were, or a slavery to this world and to sin. And Christ came and paid the price. Jesus paid it all to him I owe. You know that hymn? Well, that hymn is identifying that process that we've been talking about this morning, that God is uh, 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 a God who valued you enough. He looked down and, and looked at you and saw you, and his love valued you enough that he was willing to pay the price of his uh, son's own blood to buy you out of the slavery of sin and the slavery to this world and to give you hope. And, and now that you have been bought at a price, because you have, you were in slavery to sin and you've been bought at a price. Now you have a master. Now you, now Jesus doesn't consider you a master because he loves you. He says, I no longer call you servant. I call you friend because you know my business, but that doesn't change the fact that when God sees me as his friend, as his beloved, as one who he, he loves um, so much that he gave his son to die for that, that I am highly appreciative of that. I, I, I love that he is that way. But that being said, from my perspective, I was bought at a price and I need to treat him with the honor that he deserves for what he's done. And that means I need to see him as my master as the one who has earned my respect and, and earned my, my ability to follow him, to chase after him, to serve him, and to glorify him with my life. And, and that's what this psalm is talking about. We need to tune our hearts toward God because we were bought at a price, and he is our Lord and our King, and he deserves to have us tune ourselves to him and what he's doing, to be watchful and mindful of him of what he's doing and not just be mindful like my chihuahuas are about the things that they care about, which is food. We're to be watchful and mindful about the work of God going on around us all the time. We need to be, we're to be mindful about God acting and working on our behalf all the time and working in the world, not on our behalf, on the behalf of others. Because when our master is in the business of doing good and, and loving things to those around us, 
what well we need to be in the business of joining him in that because he is we have we've been bought at a price and the work of our hands the the meditations of our heart the thoughts of our mind they need to be tuned toward god he says have mercy on us O lord have mercy on us and obviously he already has what great mercy he has shown to us that he would call us the children of God. What great mercy he's given us. He's lavished mercy upon us that we're not, he doesn't consider us a servant. He considers us his own, his children, a part of his family. I, I know I'm a part of his family and it's exciting to be a part of his family. And it's, it's wonderful to be a part of his family. But I also remember that I was paid for to get in there and I didn't deserve to be a part of it. He made me a part of it of his own will. And so my heart needs to be tuned toward that. He says, for he is exceedingly, for we are exceedingly filled with content. Our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorn of those who are at ease. Notice the world is not happy about the situation that has developed in our lives. The enemy is not happy about um, what is going on with us. But just because the world doesn't like it doesn't mean that I don't need to be steadfastly focused on God. I need to be steadfastly focused on his will. And the world does not control me anymore. I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And my work in this world is a work that is done on his behalf and not on anyone else's behalf, whether they're scornful or whether they're uh, contemptuous of me. It doesn't matter. That's irrelevant to the purposes that I have. And, and that you have in the kingdom of heaven. He said, he says, at the, he says, with the contempt of the proud, the world is proud and arrogant, but God is in control. The world sees things from one perspective, but God is always so many steps ahead of them that they cannot keep up and they cannot follow up. And today you need to understand, you need to see that that you need to keep your eyes and your heart tuned toward that's not an easy thing not a thing that you just do overnight but you need to turn your heart toward god because his work around you is meaningful and it matters but you are a bond servant you're a slave you're you have been you have made been made a part of his kingdom because you were bought at a price and even though he does not treat you that way even though he does not consider you that way you need to remember the price that was paid for you. And in remembering that, boy, that causes your heart and your mind to be filled with love, to be filled with devotion, and to be filled with, with loyalty to the God and the King that made you whole and made you wonderful and great. And uh, he never uses us for terrible things. He always uses us for his glory. But, but just because he's benevolent to us doesn't mean that we don't need to remember the great price paid, and the great love shared to us by God because, well, because he's God and, and he chose us. And, and we love him because he first chose us. And that is real important, boy, to think that way and make your mind see that on a regular basis. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.